in verse 1, the enemy is less salvation. It's hard for him because of the fact that they're continuing to rebel. So you miss it. So uh, less salvation. Make sure you sign up for a life group. Grab one of the devotional things. Uh, the next announcement I have, uh, you can find all of these announcements in your program, um, but we're only going to highlight a few. Next is next week we have After Glow. But if you remember last month, After Glow, uh, the Godfather, the Godfather's closed. We have a new location we're going to be doing After Glow. Uh, Roundtable Pizza uh, on 82nd and King Road. So, yeah, we're stepping up the pizza quality. It's awesome. Uh, and then also I want to draw your attention to the Men of Valor Mini Conference, uh, which is going to be happening on June 10th at 8 a.m., uh, at the Monarch Hotel, we have some amazing speakers coming. Uh, some guys from working with Seahawks and some amazing pastors. So uh, come get some more uh, information on that and get ready for those next. Amen. Good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dennis and Pastor Steve. Just an awesome, amazingly awesome Pastor Matt as well. I'm going to invite our ushers to come forward at this time. They have a copy of the booklet for us that you can take away while you're heading somewhere. If you take a copy of these booklets, uh, we'll use them over the next six weeks. And the emphasis for the entire church is talking about basics. The basics in and of our faith. Our goal and our hope is that everyone would be here over the next six Sundays in the event that you cannot be here for one of those Sundays you'll be able to listen to the sermon online then in every life group that we have and we've opened new life groups for a six week period uh, that discussion questions would be being asked and discussed to further ground us, but also to give us a greater understanding by different perspectives of how Scripture is applied in our lives and what it means to us in terms of how it applies in my life. And so, let me emphasize, Hillside is your home. Jump on board and sign up for a life group. Six-week commitment. There are multiple life groups out there, and there's literally room for everyone. We would love for you to find that place to come up so that you can also get to know some other folks. Maybe you're new to the church, newer to the church. This will be an excellent opportunity to connect with folks. So if you have your booklet, it says on the very cover, Let's Talk Basics. That's what we're going to do the next six Sundays in a row. We're taking a break from our normal study in the book of Genesis, and we are going to be talking about these basics. If you go to page, really, three, which says Let's Talk Basics, and it's the table of contents, you can see what we're going to be looking at. We're talking about foundations today. Next week, we're going to be talking about issues of the heart, and then the following week, issues of the soul, and we're going to talk about relationships, and we're going to talk about church, and then we're going to talk about taking the message public, okay? So if you turn to the following page, there's a space for you to take sermon notes. 
can I get an amen? Amen. So maybe you'll prepare if you don't normally. Bring something to write with. Bring your Bible or if you use your phone or whatever means you have. Uh, we'll be looking at a variety of different scriptures on each of the subject matters. Then if you turn to the next page, you'll see uh, on the one page, it's page 5 and page 6, you'll see response opportunities. These next six pages are spaces for you to engage in what we would call daily devotion. Daily devotion. So page 5 would be Monday. So Monday, during the day, maybe you'll wake up in the morning early. Maybe you'll spend time together as a family. However you choose to do it in your home, we just simply want you to engage with us. There'll be some scriptures to read. Then there'll be a daily question and an opportunity for you to write a response. And those will go for six days. And so on that last day, if you look on page 10, it is actually a portion of scripture to read, which would come on this Saturday, and that will be kind of the conclusion of week one. Where you end up in a life group that week, these same kinds of questions will be being asked, and so you'll have the opportunity to share your responses and engage with people so people will both get to know you as well as you will get to know other people by how they respond to your questions. So that's how it will go for the next six weeks. And so we want to encourage you, these will fit right inside your Bible. Uh, I had mine in my Bible when I arrived this morning. It, li it looks like this. It made my screen seem a little fatter. And uh, it's, a, it's a good thing. So I'll have it wherever I go, just like I have my five-friend focus. When Pastor Dennis called that out, I pull my five-friend focus out. This is my book marker. And I, just a quick testimony in the five-friend focus. One of my five friends, I went and saw this week. He's the proprietor of a restaurant in our community. And I discovered while I was there that one of his employees saw me at a memorial service three weeks ago and said something to us. And the connection is that he's related to the pastor of that church. It's an international church. And now I know I have another advocate playing for the, praying for the proprietor of that business. And I thought, hallelujah, God's got his people. And so that was just an encouragement to me to be reminded that God has got his people and he's using ordinary folks just like you and I to be a part of that gigantic evangelism puzzle reaching people for Jesus. So carry these with you in your Bibles and use them every single day. Can I get a hearty amen? Amen. Okay, so I trust now you're on your notes page. So let's talk foundation. Foundation. Pretty important. The fact is, I'm standing on a platform this morning that just three weeks ago, the stability of this platform was marginalized. We made a trip over to Lowe's to purchase some items to make this foundation more sturdy. If you stood on this platform before we had the clamps between each of the individual sections and you felt the thing moving, it would be like a earthquake when you're walking on an unstable ground. And I can tell you, I'm a big guy, 
when I get close to the edge and I feel the thing kind of moving, I'm thinking the front row should be a little bit more concerned than the second row maybe. Because when he, when I come down, I take the fair side. So foundations are important. And the definition for a foundation is the natural or prepared ground or stage on which some structure rests. So a prepared stage or structure. Now, there is in Europe, in the great nation of Italy, a building that was 175 years old. It was built and constructed nearly 800 years ago. It's a tower. And most of you would be familiar with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. What you might not know is what the name Pisa means in Italian. Now, maybe one of you does read Italian, but it simply means marshy ground, marshy bog. It's wet and unstable. Now, when they constructed Pisa, they gave it a foundation only 10 feet thick. And it was not on bedrock. So that before they even finished its construction, it started leaning. It leans every year one twentieth of an inch more. Presently, it is 17 feet out of plumb. They expected after 2007 that it would have already fallen. in Tokyo. Now, Tokyo is one of those places where the earth moves a lot. That Pacific Rim, they have earthquakes that are very, very regular. There is a hotel built there by an American architect and engineer. And you might be familiar with the turn of the century, Franklin Lloyd uh, Wright is his name, and he was hired to build an edifice there in Tokyo that would be able to withstand a massive earthquake. And so he went there only to do his four drillings and find that 60 feet of mud, wet mud, was where the surface that he was to build was structured. So, he coordinated and organized the team, put them together, and they did four pilings all the way down to the edge. But they left the wet structure in there to be an absorbent of any vibration. And with the pilings on the bedrock and that liquid to be able to absorbing, by the time they finished building this massive edifice, they literally buildings all around that were, well, relatively new and slightly older, were falling to the ground and draining. But this particular building 
did not fall and became a refuge of people who were dummies or the lies of the buildings that were on fire because most often in a earthquake, it's the water lines that break open and then there's electric current and there's no water and fire ensues and then you have the dummy there. But because of the generation that lived here and had the education to break buildings, he literally decided, he said, you're also going to have a backup plan. This is, they said, for all the water lines and the vertical columns so that when the earth shifts, they have room to move and not have steam issues. But he went ahead and had a massive fountain put in the front just in case the fire extended beyond uh, the walls of or the fences from the outside. Well, they ended up using that sign that he put in as a buffer brigade to keep the buildings around them from uh, burning down as well. So an amazing thing and an amazing story, an amazing contrast. And it's all about foundation. Building on the right foundation and beginning on the right foundation. The Bible says, Isaiah chapter 28, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 28 is primarily speaking to the nation of Judah. But in his discourse to the nation of Judah, the southern two tribes of Israel, he references the northern tribe's behavior. And he talks about their foundation being terrible. In fact, what they were engaging in was illicit behavior, uncontrolled behavior, mostly associated with an intoxicating drink, alcohol. I think there's wisdom for believing that. The Bible doesn't say it's sin to have alcohol, but the Bible encourages us to temperance in all things. And if you are unduly influenced by alcohol, you've sinned. Does that make sense? Yeah, so let's be wise. Let's not be like the northern tribes, but let's be like what God instructs. and provide. Can I get an amen? So let's look at what is this foundation? He says, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. So what is this foundation? 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us, and Peter, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he reflects on this portion of Scripture, Isaiah chapter 28. And he says that this rock or foundation, this sure foundation, is no one less than Jesus Christ, the Messiah. So, who? Who is the stone? Jesus, the Messiah. And who is the one who laid the stone? God the Father lays the stone. It's God's work. Listen, to everyone here, none of us are fit to construct a foundation wherewith we can build our lives upon. It is not in us to build our own foundation. If you're here today and your faith is not yet in Christ, you've been building upon it. And the reality is there is a storm coming. There is 
trial and tribulation that will come your way, and in the midst of it, your foundation will not be able to stand up on its own. It will turn to God and live because of what Jesus did. We need the solid foundation, and it's only found in Jesus. cornerstone, a sure foundation. Behold, so look at this with pride. It is the work of God that helps you create this foundation. To have a wonder about it. How magnificent is this foundation? I don't know about you, but the life that I live before God revealed Jesus tell you, back in the day when I lived it, I thought I had the world by the tail. Anybody ever felt that way? Man, I'm, I, I, I am the cat meow. I got this thing. I got the world by the tail. And I thought I had it. And it wasn't until I was born again that I looked back and thought, oh my word. This thing is nothing but sifting sand. It's like quicksand. And I didn't even know I was drowning. And so now I look at the foundation of God, the foundation of Jesus Christ, and I am absolutely in awe and wonder that God would even reveal this foundation to me. The scripture in Isaiah 28 says it's a pride stone. We know that Jesus Christ, while he was here, we looked at it over the last couple of weeks. From Palm Sunday through Easter, Jesus was tried. He went through tribulation. It was a difficult testing, if you will. He was proved to be the Son of God. The Scripture says it's a precious stone. Is Jesus today precious to you? Does he have the utmost of value in your value system? Does he have the preeminence that is rightfully his in your life. You have 168 hours this week, just like I do. Will Christ have preeminence in those 168 hours? You could do a quick time study, and you would be able to identify how you spend your normal 168 hours. Does Jesus and your faith take preeminence not only in your schedule, but transcending through the entirety of your schedule. Is he precious to you? It says he is a sure foundation. Our Messiah is sure. Secondly, he is sure and solid. doesn't just establish the foundation and say, here, start building your life on me, and then just leave it. No, you see, it says he is a precious cornerstone, and a cornerstone is a stone that has the exact right line and the exact right surface that will establish every 
other lines in the building. Everything else is measured against it. It is the standard. There is only one. The standard has been established by justice. And justice is the measurement. Righteousness is the standard. And that's what we get. That's why we're able to do this. So, we have in Proverbs, Solomon says these words. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. The whirlwind, it's like when the storm comes, those who have the wrong foundation, they're leveled. But the righteous who have the solid foundation, the eternal foundation of Jesus Christ, they will For no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the foundation. He is the foundation for every one of our lives. He is the cornerstone. He is the standard where which we measure everything in our lives. Here's the thing. When Jesus tells us how to live, and we aren't living that way, something needs to change. And it isn't what Jesus said. It's how we're living, right? Can I get a convincing amen? Amen. Maybe the Lord is already showing and speaking to you some foundational kinds of things. And he's just saying, believe me, I have times even today where I struggle, but I can tell you 30 years of walking with the Lord, I've discovered when He says He has a better way, He has a better way. And when I finally will yield my will to His will and begin to live that way, I discover that foundation is sure, that foundation is solid, and I experience
that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And it was so. Because in so doing, as you study the scriptures, 
you're getting to know Jesus. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. You say, well, I don't know the Lord. Well, then study the Word of God. And you'll help you find ways to find Christ and to discover the Jesus Christ because it's possible to live your life things we say with the Word of God. Number one, read it. Number two, study it. Number three, meditate on it. Those four words meant think about it, meditate on it, receive it in, understand it, memorize it. Let the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. Memorize the Word of God. And then finally, apply the things we learn. So, that's the beginning and the only foundation. Starting and staying on the right thing at our horizon, if you will. The second thing is to build on the only foundation, to build structure stabilizing on the right thing. It's like our advancement. We arrive initially on the right foundation. Now we're going to advance. We're going to build. Jesus tells us if anyone is going to begin a building project, he says in Luke chapter 14, write this down and you can read it later, Luke 14, verses 28 through 30. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first, count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin mocking, saying, this man began to build but was not able to finish. What's he referring to? What's he referring to? Scripture just before verse 28 says this, and whoever does not bear his cross and come to me is with all kinds of others. In this world, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, count the cost. If you want to start on the wrong, right foundation, don't start. Because here's what it will cost you. Some people, when we talk about finances, and you know, the scriptures encourage us to tithe and give the first 10% of all that we have to try and help out in the church. And I want you to know that before the law existed, the tithe did. Abraham tithed the land. The law came and tithing was in the midst of the law. And after the law, tithing still exists. But let me say this in relationship. Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill the law. Every point on which Jesus addresses the law, he doesn't say that in the New Covenant it's that. He says in the New Covenant it's this. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and he said, hey, I've done all those things. Now what must I do? He says, great. You've, you've obeyed all the commandments. He says, that's marvelous. Now sell everything you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. What's the cost of being a disciple of Jesus? And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Amen. Now then, the next thought under building is construction and site. And here's a familiar parable that Jesus told in Luke chapter 15, verse 27.
whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you who he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And the floods washed it away. And when the flood arose, the streams beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Again, God speaking was not an object, and you had land, and you could build the house of your dreams. Many of you immediately begin to get images. The ladies are probably thinking about, now don't, don't, don't hit me, don't throw me yet. You're probably thinking about what that kitchen might look like. Oh, if you had all those little pocket appliances, or that big island, or whatever it is. Or maybe it's that master bathroom and it's got all kinds of bells and whistles. Or the fellas might be thinking about how many bays in the garage they would have and all the shoes and things they might have in there. I don't know what it looks like, but you would be thinking quality more often than not. I remember when my dad, when I was a young'un, and I was probably six years old, my dad was telling me the story about how he flew from New Jersey to Southern California while they were building our new home in Huntington Beach, California. And he would, every single night, he would go through and he would mark the studs that they wanted to have, that he wanted them to remove and put one up that left an option. He literally, as an engineer, he went through and he, he counted all of the knots. And if the stud has too many knots in there, he'd mark it and say, pull that one out, put one in with less knots. I want this house built absolutely firm, and he didn't care about the construction cost of it, and that was the preferable way to build it. That was choice. Thinking that way. So what we do in the practical lives today matters. Matters. How we build and the materials that we are using. Listen. Don't build your spiritual experience and your spiritual truth on a book other than the 66 books in the Holy Bible. Let me say that again. Don't build your spiritual experience or spiritual truth on a book outside of the 66 books contained in the Holy Bible. Don't build it on a movie. Don't build it on a literature novel. Build it on the
Listen, if you are if you are building experience, spiritual experience, which in all reality has no solid foundational strength, you're building the wrong thing. Amen? In favor of conspiracy for the joy of the Lord. I'm, I'm, I get it. I don't get it. But I cannot take my sight Constitution in Christ, character, wisdom or is that is the heart wisdom? Because we have character in Christ. Your reputation should be great and full. But people will say you lie and you cheat and mention and make accusations against you, especially as as followers of the character of because you certainly have confessed that you're probably not worthy because you still lie because the word of God it is offensive to those who do not know him and interestingly enough it's offensive to those who claim to be saved are you with me if you think not the next time you see someone indulging in some behavior that is unbecoming of a follower of Jesus encourage them to turn to God and say, Lord, please forgive me. Wash me with your blood. Wash me with your blood. We should be all pointing one another toward righteousness if we are in Christ. Right? So if you see someone not living righteous, be it family member, be it someone else, encourage them. And lovingly, gently, instructing them in the things of the Lord, hey, if you get resistance, why? Right? There's, there's things going on, and we're not going to... But in the house of God, sometimes it creates problems in the crowd. Look at the reputation of saints in Christ itself. Read 2 Peter 1.7. According to the grace of God which was given to me, Paul says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Take heed how you build on it. Right? Take heed. Pay attention. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Here's the material. Gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, straw. Now I don't want you to be thinking about a house right now. I want you to be thinking about your life. This is, this is the picture of the body. Foundation being Jesus. Building with gold, silver, and precious stones. You see, because each of our lives will be tried by fire. On that day, when we stand in the presence of Jesus, our lives will be tried by fire. It will be an altar and the work the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, however many years you are given. That's why Moses in Psalm 90 says, teach us to number our days. What we do today matters. It will be tried by fire. And if
if the fire consumes it, so wood, hay, and stubble, or the wood, hay, and straw, it's going to be gone. Only that what remains will have a true value.
Again, write these down. Acts eleven twenty three, Acts thirteen forty three, Acts fourteen and verse twenty three. Again, Acts chapter eleven verse twenty three, Acts thirteen forty three, and Acts fourteen twenty three. The apostle Paul says he sent these things forward to these believers. Continues in the faith. Continues. You see, Jesus talks about the good seed being scattered by the sower. Some of the seed falls on the path, and the birds come and snatch it away. Some falls on stony ground. Not much soil or roots to develop. Some falls amongst the thorns and the thistles. And some falls on good soil and brings forth. And Jesus gives us the definition that we were to talk about today. He says the stony ground is like those who hear the word, but before they can even receive the word, the birds come and the birds are Satan. Satan comes and snatches the seed. Right now. Before the seed can literally take any, anything,
but in an exorbitant amount of effort in it's that's just the care of this world listen hollywood does not dictate what beauty is jesus christ does deceitfulness of riches. Large minds said this. I can't even do a good voice. Anyway, it's not about that. It's not about how many cars you have in your parking lot or your driveway or how many square feet you have. It's not about that. It's okay to have stuff, but if the stuff has you, there's a problem. And I'll say this again. It's the kingdom. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Put your treasure in the kingdom, and guess where your heart will be? In the kingdom of God. Where it should be. Because that's the right foundation. And it's diametrically opposed to the things of this world. I love Cultivate your treasures. Listen, cultivate your treasures in the kingdom of God. Let them shine. Make sure they're shining in your life. Make sure they're shining in your life. Let them shine in your life. Colossians 1.23 If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, which I, Paul, became a minister if you continue in the faith and admonishment. Romans eleven twenty two, the first part, therefore consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, severity but toward you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. 1 John five thirteen. these things I have written to you that uh, uh, you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That you may what? That you may know that you have eternal life. So we can have knowledge. We can know that we're saved and on our way to heaven. But he also says, and that we may continue to believe in take these books with you and make preparation for your devotions this coming week. In your families, men, read to your families and read well. Do it together. Husbands and wives, do it together. Do it alone. However, be sure, husbands and fathers, that you are checking with your children that they also, and ask them about their answers. Every young person should be able to have conversation about their faith with their parents. Can I get an amen from the moms and dads? Yeah, amen. That's great. 
make preparations by signing up and joining a life group. Some of them are age-related. Some of them are area-related. Some of them are gender-related, men's groups and ladies' groups. But there are there is a group for you. And if you can't find the group to sign up, there will be people there to assist you and help you. Josh will be out there. I know Pastor Matt's going to be out there. I'll probably be out there. We just want to get you connected. And if we need more groups, we've got folks who have already said, we'll step up, we'll host and facilitate a group in our house. So if we need more, we'll get more out. Can I get an amen? How cool will it be when our whole fellowship is engaging and growing together? Can I get an amen? Will you stand this morning with us? If you're here today and you're not on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, and you would like to begin to build upon the solid foundation of Jesus. You say, my faith is not in Christ because I don't know the Lord. But today I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. Peter, when he had preached on the day of Pentecost, he, he preached a powerful message that Jesus is the Messiah. He's God's salvation. He is the foundation to build your life. And the people said, what must we do to be saved? Oh, we've crucified the Lord. What must we do? Peter looked at them and said, repent and believe. Repent and believe. It's a turning away of our old way and choosing He'll forgive us. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness, all sin washed away, past, present, and future. You say, well, I've done bad things. The vilest offender, truly believe, will be saved. Thank you, dear Jesus. If you would like to put your faith in Jesus today, would you indicate that simply by raising your hand where you are and we want to pray with you and for you this morning? Is there any here this morning? Well, let's look then. You're hearing me say, I want to rededicate and I want to start afresh on the foundation of Jesus. I've been doing some building, but it hasn't been on good foundation yet. And I'm ready to get going on my building. You say, I just want to recommit my life to the Lord. Is there any here who'd say, that's me, remember me? Let's just get my hand real quick. I see you. Amen. Others, say, I'm ready to roll. Praise God. I'm trusting. That means all of us are on the right foundation and we have some level of building going on but we all want to grow and be better builders. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Dennis, will you close us in this song? I'll look forward to seeing you all next week. Let's invite folks to come. There's an empty seat maybe near you. That just simply means one of our brothers and sisters needs to be invited. Will you do that part? Amen? Amen. Pastor Dennis.